Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Book Lounge. Today, we are talking about Crushing It by Gary Vaynerchuk. Your hosts, as always, are myself, Corinne Ritchie. And me, Tom Butler-Bowden. So what we do each week is cover a great non-fiction book from past or present, and we dissect it and discuss it and try to bring out the key themes and um, discuss it with our guests. Um, and I'll give my take on the book, why I selected it. Um, and why I think it's still relevant. Yep, and I will also weigh in and give you the latest news on the author and the title. Now, for the most in-depth knowledge, we recommend two things. One, this podcast is brought to you by Memoed, so be sure to check out the savable, shareable 10-point memo on this book. Uh, you'll find a link to it in the show notes. We also recommend that you listen to our Book Insights episode on this book. That's a more detailed summary, overview, and analysis. But here in the Book Lounge, it's more of just an informal chat on the book of the week. Um, so this week, we are bringing on a guest who is an entrepreneur. She's a podcaster, influencer. She is also a doctor in marriage and family therapy. She runs the nonprofit organization Soul Sisters. And I have to admit, she is one of my closest friends. Please welcome Dr. Christine Coleman. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I figure who is crushing it on social media because oh that is goodness. what this book is all about. And I thought, okay, Christine is absolutely crushing it. I think Thank you're the you. perfect person to talk about this book um, because it's one thing to be a digital nomad who takes your laptop around the world and you have no responsibilities, can just take beautiful photos of your travels and amass a ton of likes from those. Uh, but it's another thing to monetize and mobilize people via social media. And that's exactly what Christine has done. She has turned those likes into dollar signs and into changing the world for the better with her nonprofit. So I'm uh, just really excited for her to share her expertise and insights on how you can uh, get beyond just the heart symbols and actually um, mm -hmm. get people to, to, to put their money where their likes are. So, uh, so yeah, excited to, to bring her on. Great. Yeah. So Christine, maybe just give us a brief um, background for listeners about, you know, how you got to this point and why social media became uh, so important to your venture. Thank you. Yeah, thank you again for having me both. I'm really excited to be here. Um, as mentioned, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And uh, these last few years, I've been very much in stay-at-home mom mode. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And I've been running the nonprofit on the side while I hustle as a mother of two young children. And I finished my doctorate degree a few years ago wondering when am I ever going to jump into my profession at this at this level, so to speak, right? And so uh, when the pandemic hit last year, people were calling on me to speak on panels and to contribute to various mental health initiatives that were going on because so many people were suffering and, and really having a hard time navigating all the mental health components that are related to the pandemic. And so in my mind, I mm -hmm. thought, let me just start my private practice, just a couple clients on the side, got my website whipped together. Corinne and others really helped me uh, put together my branding strategy because that is a really important part of starting the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, what do you want to be known for? How do you want people to know you and your name, right? And what you stand for. For me, with a nonprofit uh, already established, it was very important for me to start my profession in mental health along the same lines of leaving a strong impact on people's mental health, honoring people from different walks of life and destigmatizing mental health. And so that all went into my brand. So at the time I thought, 
let me just make an Instagram page. Let me make my my website and see what happens. And before I knew it, people started asking me to come speak uh, in the corporate settings. And that's really what shifted um, my take on how powerful mental health is all around. And so I started pivoting my social media to reflect what my ask was. So is my ask getting more clients for my private practice or is it speaking to corporations and companies who are interested in having mental health speakers and coaches come through to support their employees and colleagues and so really um, in the last year i've amassed almost 800 followers but i consider that to be a big win because others have hundreds of thousands but as corinne mentioned majority of those have come from the direct clients I've served, whether um, in the corporate setting or different speaking opportunities I've had. And many of those have turned into referrals for friends and uh, also speaking opportunities in the future that have paid me quite well. And so there is a strategy that I'm very much still learning about how to create uh, clients and paid opportunities through social media. But I wanted to start there where my journey started, may- maybe like many of, of our listeners today, if I have this idea, I have this career history and path that I've taken, I, I use social media, but I don't quite know how to use it in a way that will gain me the the followers or the, the clients that I'm looking for. And so there are unique ways that we can get into that, that we can get into uh, that have so far worked for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think folks would really love to to hear about that. Um, I think the the branding part of it, and and like you said, not just uh, amassing numbers, but actually amassing the numbers that matter. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, if if the folks aren't actually supportive, if they're not actually you know showing up, paying up, all of those, then uh, then they just become vanity metrics, and that's that's not what this book is about. So this book is all about mm-hmm. um, you know creating community, and I think that's what you've done both for your private practice and then also for your nonprofit org, which really uh, was birthed and to, and took off via social media and even mm-hmm. sparked other peoples to, to have uh, social media that thrived as mm-hmm. well. So, um, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot that folks can can learn from you and uh, and the branding that you've done. Um, so is there um, some kind of takeaway from this book that really resonated with you, some kind of lesson that you think uh, would be valuable to those watching on YouTube or those listening to the podcast? Yeah, so there were a couple and I went back and forth because I had my mental health hat on and you know, there's a lot of talk about like the hustle, right? And as entrepreneurs, we might know, we, we may know that there is a definite push to to work hard for what outcome you want. Uh, with that said, the book also really highlights, you know, how we really shouldn't stop the hustle. And that's the part where I was, I was a little hesitant on because I do believe that in order to be an entrepreneur and successful, we also need to lean into our rest and lean into our outside uh, leisure activities to restore us so that we can continue our mission to, again, create impact and all subsequently, you know, create some dollars behind the impact and the work that we're we're putting forth. Uh, but the book was really rich in so many areas. Uh, I really appreciated just the tone of the book and really just thinking about, you know, how do we continue to create that change and that impact, but really use the strategies behind what, um, behind what we can do as entrepreneurs on social media, right? And so I really, I really just aligned with so many points of the book. And I really actually wanted to touch on 
this idea, right, that that we have to be really creative and thoughtful of who we're talking to. And that is the biggest learning lesson that I've gained this year. And I say year because this is a almost like a fresh start. We've done this with my nonprofit who ha that has almost 4,000 followers, but that has been really unique because we have looped in the people from our events and services that we've had and people have learned about us in that, in that way. And as Corinne mentioned, also we have really uh, organically, not on purpose, um, gain followers through the nonprofit uh, side of things on social media and just putting out content that aligned with feminist values or women's uh, rights values that people have come to know. This feels fresh for me to speak about with my mental health business that I have created from essentially nothing, but gaining the tools and the experience in this last year has really taught me how to speak to the people I want to hear. And so I'm really utilizing the tools uh, on platforms like Instagram that have polls and that have opportunities to ask questions on the stories. Uh, uh, right now, I have not yet, but what's really big right now are reels, right? How do we make our reels uh, with video? And, and IG video content again across platforms. Videos are really huge. Um, how do we how do we stay fresh with what is going on? That's one of the points of the book, right? That said that said you know stay up to date on what's trending and what's new and go in that avenue. And I think some of us uh, stay comfortable. I know I'm one of those people that just like I can't you know possibly access all of these different platforms that are arising, but I really have found great value and at least in the platform that I am familiar with, which for me is Instagram. I have heard great things about mental health professionals on TikTok, so I might I might explore that on a later date. But with Instagram, there are a lot of new tools that are are unfolding all the time, and so how can I stay relevant on top of those things? Because that's how the algorithm is set up, and so if the algorithm is set up up to favor reels and videos, then I need to push more reels and videos in my content. So it's a lot of work. Uh, we will be honest with that. It's a lot of work, but it is staying with what is trending. And it also is staying with the material that your followers, that your listeners, that your viewers are looking for. So for me, I've made my page and my branding really specific to serving people of color because there is such a high stigma around mental health. And so how do we welcome conversations and even bring people into the therapeutic setting um, that might otherwise culturally have hesitations around that. And then as, as a side, I also specialize in areas of gender. So I really focus on speaking to women, women professionals, working mothers who are having different uh, responses in their mental health and navigating all the things that they hold. So once you know who your audience is, and again, that goes back to the branding, when you know who that is, speak to them, right? In a lot of branding strategy sessions, we talk a lot about, you know, who is your ideal customer? Customer. Where do they shop? What do they do? Who do they hang out with? What are their names? What do they look like? And it becomes a lot easier to focus on who you're talking to, what your brand is, and then ultimately how you're putting out content that they want, that they eventually will want to see more of, and then maybe even put their dollars behind. Okay, so um, let's go back to the book itself then, um, just for people who are not very aware of it. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned TikTok, Christine. Mm -hmm. Well, Gary Vee's book, Crushing It, came out in 2018. Wow. And I noticed that he is talking about TikTok like there's some new emerging platform then, um, you know, only like three years ago. Mm -hmm. So this issue of which platform to choose, which ones to work on, to look at emerging platforms, um, I agree is very important. 
Um, but yeah, he, he came out with this in 2018 and, um, his first book, Crush It, not crushing it, was 2009. And back then, um, the idea of being an influencer, making a lot of money, uh, building a business online was not many people were doing it. Um, and like nine years later, everything had changed. Um, so he thought, I need to write a book about with lots of um, examples and stories of people that he knew who were actually succeeding online um, in building something. And for me, this was a key point is that he says it's not just about making money. It's about because um, only a few people can really become, you know, wealthy influencers. Um, it's really about finding a niche um, you know, loving your work and just making a sort of reasonable living from it. Um, and the other key thing is just, um, documenting what you do. Um, instead of thinking, Oh, I don't have really any great material to put across. Um, so it's just interesting reading this book again, seeing how quickly things are changing, as you mentioned. Um, and sort of st staying on top of it all. I think this is the, one of the biggest challenges um, that people face. So a, bo a book about um, social media is almost anachronistic as soon as it's published. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was just wondering, you know, Gary Vee is out there a lot, it's pretty influential and so on. So for you, what is the sort of, where, where are you getting your, your ideas about, um, what to do next online? Is it just watching other influencers or is it focusing on your own content? You know, what, what is most sort of inspiring or useful to you? That's a really good question. I would say a combination of both. I really want to stay uh, true and authentic to who I am. I think that's one of the points that the book touches on as well. Uh, it's really about, you know, how do, people can notice that, right? I, I never want to turn into a, a marketing puppet that just sounds like everybody else. I, I really want people to know who I am, what I stand for, what my values are. Uh, no bits and pieces about me, which I've really had to carefully navigate because I am a mental health professional and there are certain boundaries and ethical things that go along with that. But there are a lot of people in various fields, including mine, who are really getting unique, uh, taking unique approaches with with social media and marketing, especially digital marketing. And so I pay attention a lot to people in my field uh, who are who are really present, who have high followers, who have um, really rich content that they're delivering uh, to see what are they doing. And I and I also watch to see if they put any messaging around again, how they're monetizing those things. And so I am slowly but surely trickling into these these um, opportunities that create uh, passive income, that create more community. So ebooks are, are really trending and really great opportunities for people to to make money as well as put out their content that seems again very true to who they are. Uh, there's a lot that's been said in various spaces that I'm in. I'm in a lot of coaching spaces and a lot of really great calls that really have been enriching to me because I'm in spaces with like-minded people as well as learning different tools. And so eBooks are really something that seem like you can pull from different things you've already worked on and just compile them because 
for me, I'm, I'm an academic scholar with this whole background. It's, it seems like, oh gosh, an ebook seems like I have to produce all these research-based things. And no, 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 they're actually quite, quite simple. They're for the everyday reader. So I'm really going to start working on putting out those things because as we talked about, we need to have an ask. We need to have a way to loop people back in. If we're cranking out tons of information, uh, the book also mentions give out a lot of free content. That's great. That's great, right? But I also am a business owner. I also need to know how to make money. And so if I'm giving out information, there can be from time to time opportunities where I am looping people back in. So they can be buy this book, take this class. I think master classes are also a really big thing right now. Those are some things I'm working on throughout this summer as well. I, I plan on doing because there are opportunities when people start to get to know you, they start to build trust in you. Again, it's interesting because social media, it's not so personal, but it has opportunities to be personal. And if we lead with authenticity, then people start to feel like they can trust you. They've built some sort of relationship with you, right? It's really can be tolling and tasking to be in the comments and connecting with people, but that's kind of part of the process too, of really putting yourself out there, connecting in ways that don't feel mechanical or robotic, right? Like, hey, come check this page out, but really leaning into people as you would talk to a friend in those spaces. And so once you get that kind of formula down, then it can be an opportunity to, hey, watch this free video. Hey, I was featured on this podcast. So people can hear what I'm saying, what they can see what I'm doing and how I deliver my my content. And then when they start to have all that, we can loop them in with some perhaps paid product or paid opportunities like a masterclass or an ebook. Interesting. And you talk about products and these are all like digital products. And I know in the book it talks about, you know, some people's hesitation towards monetizing because they're like, I have no artwork that I can take pictures of and sell or I have no uh, uh, physical items to sell or brands aren't paying me to sell their products. So I, I don't have, you know, what it takes to be an influencer. Um, but I, I but that's something that you have not done like your primary um offer has not been products per se and neither for the nonprofit nor for your per- your private practice um products have not been a part of it it's really been um concepts and ideas rather than it's hey i'm going to ship you this thing mm-hmm. right 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 um so I- i'd love to hear you speak to that person who you know is thinking um you know i can't do the influencer thing because i'm not selling uh an item kind of a thing yeah, absolutely. Well, the book mentions it too, right? We it mentions a commitment to service, right? That's really what what I I my my brand is, what my product is is my service. I'm a mental health professional and I'm not going to pretend to be anything else. Are there opportunities for me to create products? Yes, but right now I'm really focused on again, who am I and what can I deliver? I've gone to school, I have experience, right? So if you if you have education or just any background or you're just interested in in something and you want to get better at it, right? Work on again sitting down with a branding strategist or just googling different branding strategies to get clear on who you are and what you want to deliver and if that is a service right there are so many coaches and opportunities and people and how do they buy into you you really you are the brand you are the the unique person and opportunity that they can have access to information and so i have information that maybe many influences influencers have or that many mental health professionals have but i'm trying to find my niche every every day i try to just kind of make it a little different but the book also mentions i think is so powerful that i've really had to sit with for some time and really believe in my heart that people are buying into me 
uh, there is no one like me and there's no one like you who are listening. And that really is powerful and it can seem really uncomfortable. I know for me, it was really uncomfortable and foreign. And I do that thing often of like, oh, well, I'm me, but I also don't have X amount of followers and don't have X. But guess what? I am me. And then for my business, which was my purpose for my business, excuse me, my business page, I have now uh, had monetized opportunities to for people to come ask to be my clients or uh, attend different workshops I've had or hire me to to speak at their corporation. And so those are opportunities I think that are really important and that um, takes a lot of self-belief, right? We have to have that confidence that we are the only ones of ourselves. There's no one else like us. There's only one you. There are lots of people who are doing similar things like you. So it does take some thought and strategy behind how do I make myself even a little different? But there really is no one else like you. And so when you really start to get clear on that, who you are, what you can deliver, even if the messaging and the content looks really similar and sounds very similar, it's okay. That is what people are going to ultimately buy into. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Gary V makes the point that um, we assume that what we're good at or skills we have that other people know how to do easily. Right. And it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, one of the best things I found in the book is, is talking about um, documenting everything you do mm-hmm. and showing people your process. Because if you're an artist or writer or lawyer, all the process is the stuff you keep hidden, right? And you only present something else, like results to the world. Um, so I found that fascinating. And then when I actually started to study people on YouTube particularly or Instagram, you know, that is exactly what they do. And somehow that is fascinating. Um, so I wondered, um, I mean, with if you're a like, mental health practitioner, obviously you can't go in and film what you're sessions you're having with people etc it's a completely different thing between a one-on-one that you're having with someone or a group and then social media to like broadcast into the world um so a you know how would someone like you um document your process and b do you find a sort of conflict between the one-on-one sphere and you know the broadcasting to the world social media aspects yeah both great questions they that's something i've had to figure out still figuring out but i think at the end of the day yes i cannot share information that is uh specific and personal to my my uh private practice clients but i can start to collect my own data and start to see the themes that arise and that's really been what's why it's been so cool and why i think uh, having my private practice in the midst of trying to get myself more public and be in various public spaces has has been beneficial to someone like me. So I can't say their names. I can't give the background. But if I start to see, well, this person's experienced it, experiencing this and that person in my practice is also experiencing this. And then I read this article that backs that up. Then I can start to create my own content around what I'm seeing. So again, it's there's articles and there's private practitioners and professionals all around but if i'm gathering this data and seeing it for myself and then putting out a graphic or a video around something that i'm noticing uh, especially if it's speaking to things that are really relevant so again i'm speaking on issues of diversity and mental health which are very very um 
at the forefront of our media right now on, on very mainstream media cycles. And so when I start to gather information from my clients, start to see things that are in the news, and then also have these other clients that are in more group settings, like when I'm speaking to corporations and various companies, start to see themes, I can say, wow, I'm really seeing this. And as an expert, I can tell you that this is what I'm seeing and this is what's helping folks. So I'm essentially the reporter for that that's not identifying anybody's personal information, but I'm able to gather and start to see my own trends and put them out into my content. Mm. And for uh, for Soul Sisters as well, there was a lot of that documenting your journey. Um, so I'd love to mm-hmm. have you kind of speak on um, the nonprofit side of things, of sort of what Soul Sisters was and the role that social media played in um, mobilizing folks for the nonprofit's mission and vision. Yeah, absolutely. Again, when it comes to impact and leaving our mark on the world, you know, many of us want that. I think that's the hope and the book touches on that, right? People can see right through us if we're all about the money or all about getting famous or known or whatnot. Again, those, those aren't necessarily bad things, but, you know, we, we are all people and we're all human and humans are looking for connectivity and seeing ourselves in others. And so I, I am not a nonprofit expert. I do not have a nonprofit background. And I made that very clear when I started the nonprofit. I just wanted to help women. That's what I wanted to do. I stayed in my lane. I said, I'm a mental health professional, still working on my education, still figuring this part out. But I also have this great passion to help women and their mental health and their well-being. And I would like to create a nonprofit from that. And when I started that again that started in 2013 and and that was a very different time with social media but i always made sure that i stayed true to who i am and made sure people know knew who i am that way i I didn't want to come off as a phony i especially if things went wrong i I didn't want to come off as this mental excuse me this nonprofit expert i'm not but also what i started noticing which again is very thematic in this book is that is that when people hear our stories they, they, they tend to trust us more and they tend to want to lean in and listen more. And as a result, so many people have wanted to start nonprofits of their, or, their own organizations because of stories like mine and people in our network. They've seen, well, that person doesn't have any background. They just believed in something, asked their friends, asked their community to help and pitch in. And then if they kept up at it, that's really the key here is, is to be consistent right? Consistency is the core of everything we do, whether it is for social impact or for entrepreneurial business impact, we have to stay at it. I can't tell you how many people I know have started great things and then, you know, didn't believe in it or got busy or whatever. Again, life happens. But if you're really, really in it and you want to see it succeed, it takes consistency. And let me tell you, that is that is not easy. That is something you'll see in so many business and coaching spaces, even spaces of great wealth and wealth building. What lets people be build that wealth that this book mentions is is not always easy, right? It's that consistency, and then ultimately it's having a team. And so for people like me, I'm just starting out. I am a one-person show, but I know that as a CEO or even as a nonprofit founder, I need people behind me. I need a team. We're not going to continue to inch up in our in our endeavors if we're not building people to help us with with our our um with our efforts so that's something that's really humbling and it's also really necessary because a ceo or a director they're not supposed to do all these things by themselves they're supposed to be able to help people uh dif- and differentiate what the what roles need to be filled and what needs to get done that was really helpful and also uh relieving for me when I realized I don't need to do everything. And so back to the nonprofit question, right? It's people that believe in the mission, right? The mission is not me. 
maybe in the for-profit sector, it can be if I'm the brand. But if Soul Sisters or your impact mission is the brand, people will get on board for that. People will start to see you. And again, the more authentic, the more heartfelt and heart leading it is, it's more likely to get in buy-in. Mm. Um, consistency, I agree. Mm. Incredibly important. Um, and so is patience. Mm, that yes. Gary mentions in the book, yes. which every everyone starting out creating something uh, online needs a ton of. Um, I mean, we've had this podcast now for a few months, uh, more six, 12 months, and, you know, we're, we're starting to get traction and thousands of listeners, etc. But when you start out, you literally have nothing and it's pretty mm. dispiriting yes. to... Uh, to go for such a long time without getting much feedback, um, etc. So um, I wondered if you had anything to say about that, Christine. Yeah, it's it's really that's such a good point because it can be discouraging. Whatever you start or whatever you're continuing, it, it some things are going to be incredibly successful and other things are going to not not get as much traction or or buy in. And I see that. In my, I, I pay attention to that even in my social media posts, which ones get a lot of likes and which ones don't get a lot of likes or which thing actually translated into people purchasing this ticket for our event and which ones do people not come to, right? So it can feel really personal, but I th- and, and it's hard, especially if you founded something or you started something, It's it could feel really personal and it is because it is, right? It's something that it's from your heart and from your soul and also from all your blood, sweat and tears. And so if Mm. someone doesn't like it, if someone speaks illy of it or if someone doesn't purchase a ticket, right, that can feel really personal. Like I did something wrong. And so what I would encourage, especially as a mental health professional, right, it's it's important to honor those feelings. I don't think that we should just try to brush them off. I think we should really sit with that and see, you know, where is that coming from? But then putting our business hats on, realize that's information. Everything is information. Everything is information. And so when we start to do that, it's up to us to make a change, make some shifts and lean into what is working and do more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, what I like about this book is he, Gary Vee has this way of making being an influencer seem so approachable. Um, he's he he really makes it so so like humbling and seemingly easy um, for anyone to have a brand. And just like you touched on, Christine. Um, you as a person are the brand. And so I think that might be something that uh, people might trip up on is, well, you know, I don't have anything to offer. I'm just me. Uh, But like you said, you are your biggest asset, like because there is no one like you, because no one else is on the exact same journey that you are, um, you can just document your journey. And that that's the main thing he talks about, whether it's um, vlogging on YouTube or um, utilizing any of the various platforms out there. Um, you don't have to be a, a, a cookie cutter of I'm just going to dance in a bikini and boom, I've, you know, got it. Like you don't have to just do what everyone else is doing. Um, you can literally just be your genuine, authentic self. Uh, you don't have to be a supermodel. You don't have to travel the world your whole life. Like you can uh, just be where you're at, document the journey that you are on, the particular and unique passion and niche that you have, and uh, and allow people to be part of that journey. 
Um, so I'm hoping that that's something that people are really inspired by about this book and about our chat with you is, um, you know, having seen your private practice social media and uh, your uh, soul sisters social media, you know, um, it's never been about look at these supermodels like that's never been the the vibe. It's not about that. Um, it's not about just amassing a, a huge following based on uh, images. That's not that's never been the point. It's always been to mobilize people to better themselves one way or another and to, um, you know, really empower everyone who uh, approaches your your social media. Um so yeah, I think that's probably one of the the, the most inspiring things um, about this about this book. Um, some quotes that really stood out to me from the book are: um, "Passion is your backup generator when all your other energy sources start to sputter, and passion keeps you happy." Um, I loved how you know Gary Vee, uh, just like you had said, Christine, really focuses on uh, that passion and that drive because if you don't have that passion and authenticity for what you're doing for people will find you out really quickly yeah yeah well yeah exactly and in fact the the opposite of that is true is if you show vulnerability you're more likely to um you know have an audience that sticks with you you know through all your mistakes and dead ends etc um and another another sort of myth he he talks about is if people don't feel like they're attractive enough to be on YouTube or whatever. Um, and he says like, people don't care as long as your message is real. They don't Absolutely. care what you look like or sound like. Um, they just they they want someone who is unique and has a unique message. Absolutely, and it does go back to people want to see ver- parts of themselves in you. They do. That is what we do. We seek out people and information that sits with us and, and resonates with us and that even can go with appearance too and so it it is doesn't have to be the exact same but put yourself out there because we are a diverse world and with a diverse experiences and diverse knowledge and when we start to think that only these people are the ones who can who can do that it all starts to feel the same and so really noticing that again going back to that uniqueness that is so that is so your brand that is exactly what it is and you will have people who see you but the vulnerability piece i would love that you said that that has to be a part of it because you can look different and give different mess have different messaging but if you're not vulnerable and just kind of show different parts of your journey right it can be tricky because a lot of times especially with professional pages, especially with service pages, uh, can keep it very professional. Again, I mentioned earlier, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how much of myself do I put out? I try not to put too much of my children in there. But then sometimes I know that I might have to, from time to time, throw out mompreneur life where people like to see what the mom journey is like as an entrepreneur and as a mental health professional. How do I take care of myself while attempting to take care of others, right? Including my own family. And people actually really value that and they start to see oh well that's the ch- same challenge i'm having i often put out questions along with that right how are you other mompreneurs doing or how are you doing in your mental health as a woman of color how are you doing right in dur- during these trying times that we're seeing so much uh, on the news that bombards our mental health right so so when we start to put these call outs and also start to put out this information uh, about ourselves we start to see some relationship building and that is ultimately what the human core is about. That's what pulls us and draws us no matter what platform we're on. Hmm. And Christine, I had another question I want to circle back to because I think it's very important. 
um, for most people trying to create an identity online or a personal brand is that they have their regular work or their job. Um, say it's a say it's a psychotherapist. They have their practice, and they've only got so many so many minutes in the day to carve out a social media thing. Oh, yes. So, I mean, how do you prioritize? Because um, obviously, if you the more time you spend developing online presence, you're doing less work in your real job, you know, and vice versa. So, could you talk a bit about that um, choice that people have, or is it a choice? Yeah, that is honestly the most overwhelming part of what that's exactly where my mind was. How am I going to keep up with this? And again, you if I put in more hours into social media, I will likely get more more of what I'm looking for. I'll probably get more followers, I'll probably get more, right? So I I am a one one woman show here. I don't have a, a team yet, but I am um, starting to bring on a virtual assistant. That is what people might say uh, is, is a great option to have. Again, if we're CEOs and we start to build up our revenue and start to, to make some money, we have to also be strategic with how we're budgeting things out. So you want to have enough money not just to pay your bills, but to also funnel back into your business. So you might want to outsource this to virtual assistants. And virtual assistants online, they're not very expensive. Then you can give you know, tasks to create content on your social media, to crank out some newsletters for you if you provide, you know, the, the verbiage that you want. Uh, there are many opportunities to outsource that. Again, with CEO hats, with li- with leadership hats, we're not supposed to do everything. When we start out, yes, it's going to feel like we do. And, and I love that the book touches on we want to do a lot of it because we don't want our voices to get lost amongst all the other voices that are working with us and for us. But if your voice starts to get really rooted in everything you're doing, what you're asking when you outsource is for people to replicate, right? To replicate that and to make it as much personal as you can. And if you can jump back into your social media and really start to make more of those personal connections, that is going to be your goal. That is going to be the key here. But that really is what I'm learning is virtual assistance, getting into, um, this is not the right term, but I was on a social media strategy call the other day and it's like, cluster days or bulk days. So you just commit a day to creating your content, uh, changing up your outfits, whatever your whatever your lane is, right? Like just making a day where you're having pictures taken, you're making your graphics, and you also are using uh, scheduling apps and platforms. So there's a later app, there's Planoly app, uh, there are various other ones. Hootsuite's another one where you can use various uh, social media platforms to, so you're calendaring all this out. And when you start to really learn about good influencers, you notice they're not on their phones all day long trying to post these captions, right? Which is something that I do sometimes still, but it's something that I have to sit down as part of your, your business system, right? We have to have a system. And if we're just all over the place and fluttering around, oh, I have this call, now I have to post right now, it's gonna drive us all mad. But if you have a system, you pay a couple extra dollars, uh, I think one of those apps is like $12 where you can really lay out everything and see how it looks on your Instagram or see how it connects to your Facebook and have all of them work really beautifully together. Uh, that is going to save you a lot of time and money. Another thing is also automation. So social media, that's one version of automation with the scheduling apps, but you can automate your your newsletters, right, to, to go out and blast. People are not just sitting there sending out newsletters all day long. It might seem like that, but again, what is your business system and how do you make it work for you? I eventually am going to want to bring on more people, but right now automations are going to be key for me. Uh, scheduling apps are going to be key for me. And then when they funnel in, 
I'm going to then ha- hopefully have more time alleviated so I can actually make those human connections. I can get on those strategy and discovery calls. Are you a good fit for me to work with you? Can I be, uh, am I going to be able to serve you as my client, whether in the private practice setting or am I a good fit for you for this speaking opportunity or consulting or otherwise? So really let the digital marketing world work for you. Mm. Yeah, that really uh, re- uh, resonates with a, a prior Book Insights episode we did on the e-myth. Mm. So you talked about, can you replicate it? You know, And um, that's what the Entrepreneur Myth book is all about, is you don't have a business until it's documented and anyone could run it. If you're the only one that can run it, then uh, what you have is a job. But when you hmm. can pass it off to somebody else, what you yeah. have is a business because your voice is clear, your brand is clear. It's so easy for anyone with minimal training to clearly read, oh, okay, I get it. You use these colors, you say these words, you mm-hmm. use these hashtags, you you know, when it's just like you said, a system, then it's easy for anyone to join a virtual assistant, a, a content creator, a graphic designer, anybody can just see how they fit in. Um, So even though social media can feel like, oh, you're just click and shoot wherever you are. It's like, no, there's so much more to it than uh, than just taking a cute picture by a thing. It's 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 a lot more uh, than that. So. All right. I I think we've probably gotten to the point where we rate the book, shall we? What do you think, Tom? Um, Yes, it's actually a few months. Well, I think a year or two ago I read this book. Um, So it's not fresh in my mind as a book but what I find with all um, books about social media and influencing etc is that you have to go back to them and remember what they said because it's easy to forget a lot of these lessons that we've been talking about in the sort of crazed atmosphere of social media and so on but there's so many great tips in this book I remember implementing some after reading it um, it's not the sort of book that I would pick up and read for pleasure necessarily, although not he does cool write very read. well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, as a book, um, I'll, I'll give it three and a half stars. Yeah. What do you think, Christine? Great. Is this out of five stars? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for someone like me, again, who's, <laughs> who's taking all of this information in to continue to build my business. I'm learning every day. I think that's something I would love to leave off on, right? Is that we're, I have a lot of great tips, hopefully to offer and hopefully someone listening, uh, takes something with them, but this is an ongoing journey, right? As a leader, as a business owner, we're learning and taking tools all the time. And as mentioned, things are changing all the time. So we always have to stay up on that, right? So with that said, I learned a lot from this book. I think it was really helpful for me to just, um, affirm what I already have been practicing and also learning new tools. So I'd actually give it a four. Yeah, yeah, same. I also give this one four out of five bookmarks. Like, I love the practicality, the step by step. I'm one of those nitty gritty who's like, okay, just tell me exactly what to do. do. You know, I'll check some boxes. I'm great with checking boxes. So I love those kind of things. Um, uh, I find it really useful. Um, The only reason I give it four instead of five is just like Tom said, the subject matter changes 
constantly. It almost seems like a book is the wrong format for this information because it's so fluid. Every few months, there's a new thing. You know, um, Christine touched on Reels, which are one of the primary drivers of the Instagram algorithm right now. And Reels weren't a thing when Crushing It came out. So it definitely wasn't in 2009 when Crush It came out. Uh, and now it certainly still isn't even with the, the latest release. So it seems like he'd have to release hashtag Crushing It again, still crushing it. Like he'd have to just keep releasing these in order to stay current like every few months really um so that's the only thing is that it's it's it feels like it's out of uh, it's out of date by the time it's published it's just kind of the only reason Mm, but apart from that i think it, it is really useful so um and then in terms of the latest on the the uh title and the author. So these days, Gary Vee has made the rounds in the news for starting his own NFT. That's a cryptocurrency. So that's what Gary Vaynerchuk is up to now is uh, crypto. So we talk a little bit about that on other episodes, the, um, the doge and all that. Um, since writing this book, he also launched hashtag AskGaryV, which is a business and advice Q&A show online, um, which later led him to launch Daily V, which is a full-blown like video blog documenting his life as a CEO, which is something that the book talks about is document that journey. Um, today, Gary V has more than 12 million combined followers across social media. He produces content daily all uh, on all the major platforms. He also hosts a podcast and has his own line of K-Swiss sneakers. So that is, um, yeah, you know, when you need like self-help, but you also need shoes, boom, (laughs) Gary Vee sneakers. (laughs) All makes sense. Um, Yes, and um, anyone listening, uh, if you listen to our actual book insight on crushing it, uh, as opposed to this um, chatty book lounge, um, there's a ton of great... Um, examples uh, from the book that we also cover in that book insight um, about interesting people that have crushed it um, online. So make sure you listen to that episode um, as well as the this book lounge. That's right. And also um, check out the memo. So if you are more in the text world, um, there's a simple, beautiful 10-point memo that lays out all the main points of this book. It's savable, shareable, easy to take with you. Um, now, Christine, if folks have been inspired by you and your story and they're like, okay, now I got to see it. I got to check it out. I got to connect. Um, how do they connect with you, your work, and any upcoming projects? Absolutely. Thank you for that. So my website is drchristinecoleman.com. There you'll find uh, my an opportunity to inquire for any speaking opportunities or uh, to be my client. My, my private practice load right now is full, but I have a wait list and anyone would be interested in the state of California. Uh, but I'm always open to various speaking opportunities to speak to companies and corporations or organizations on anything mental health and diversity, equity, equity inclusion related. And uh, my Instagram, since we've been talking a lot about social media, is at drchristinecoleman.com. Soul, si- Soul Sisters Instagram is at Soul, S-O-L, Sisters Org. And uh, I am, we also have a Facebook page at Soul Sisters Inc. I do not have a Facebook page right now linked to my uh, Dr. Christine Coleman, but that should be coming up very soon. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us and sharing all about how you've been crushing it on online and uh, turning followers into customers and and opportunities. I think people have a lot to learn from you. So thank you so much again for joining us. Thanks so much. Yes. Thank you for coming on. And can I leave with the 
thought that Gary V says we have to always keep um, tabs on emerging platforms that are coming, like TikTok was in 2018. Well, um, we have an emerging platform, Memoed, um, which is a, an amazing knowledge platform. So Corinne has mentioned the memo um, about crushing it. You can check out. But when you click on that, you should be able to see a few other memos and the platform itself. That's right. Uh, Memoed has a lot of the same features you'll find on other social media platforms. However, what I think differentiates it is it's a knowledge sharing platform. Everyone who uses Memoed is there to learn, um, not to bicker. <laughs> so hopefully people find that refreshing. Um, it's all laser focused on improving your work, your life uh, and making you think. So I hope you will um, check out the Memoed app or memoed.com. All right. Thank you all for watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast. And as always, you can connect with us on social media at Book Insights Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All right. Thank you so much. And I uh, hope everyone will listen again next week for an all new book of the week. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks. all. Thank you.